Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it, and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome to a midweek video Okay, so this video is in response to an awful lot of inquiries um, in relation to the trauma bond with the narcissist and why, why it takes so long to break this bond. There's a lot of different aspects, you know, to, to why we take so long to recover after a narcissistic relationship. Um, so there's a lot of different angles we can take to healing from it. Um, you know, there's, there's breaking the spiritual bond. There is grieving. There is a whole holistic approach. But today I'd like to talk about the specifically the trauma bond um, and the narcissist. In this video, I'm going to do part one where we look at the trauma bond and how it's created and what it is. And in part two, I'd like to uh, go into the elements of how we can heal from it. I'm really excited about this because I kind of decided like I, I needed to know this as well myself way back. And I wish I'd had that specific information that I'm hoping to give you now. And I'm hoping will be really helpful because if you can understand what the blessed thing is that has attached you so um, like super glued to this uh, narcissistically disordered person. You can then go about, you know, once you find the cause, you can then find the solution or you can work on the solution. Instead of just being, oh, why can I not just get this person out of my mind? And, you know, the things that we go through in the healing process that delay us and that keep us stuck in this bond, in this kind of cycle, even after the narcissist has long gone, we're still like like um, mice running around on a wheel that we just can't get off. And now I want us all to jump off and stay off it. So, OK, the trauma bond. Right. In the love bomb stage, the narcissist has used um, a method of attach attaching us to them. They don't attach to us. And I believe that they have, they do this subconsciously as a learned behavior um, because they've seen this technique and manipulation working on people and they've gradually built it into their modus operandi. Some of them will also be conscious that they're targeting you, but may not be conscious. You know, they may be conscious they're targeting you because they want something specific from you. And that could be 
financial or, you know, status or job or whatever, the usual things that narcissists will target us for. But I believe that they're, they're not consciously, you know, using these techniques that they have learned these along the way as to the best way to really bond someone to them and get the most amount of power and control over them, that over their supply that they possibly can. So what they do in the love bomb stage, as opposed to what a normal romantic relationship would look like, is they intensely, they they bring on they intensely attract you to them and attach you to them. And this is how they do it. OK, so we have um, hormones, chemical hormones released in our body, in our brain. That are pleasure hormones and they know how to pump these into our brains really intensely and really quickly to get us hooked and addicted to them as the cause of the the pleasure hormones. So I'd like to look at the pleasure hormones because, guys, if you know that these hormones have been released in your brain and these hormones are associated with this person, this person becomes the drug for these hormones. So if you know how to make these hormones post discard or post the narcissist and detach yourself from your brain telling yourself that the narcissist is the cause of these feel-good hormones, then you can treat, you, then you know the symptoms and the cause of your trauma bond and then you know how you can effectively work to break the trauma bond and to, to reframe your neural pathways. So the, the feel-good hormones that are released, I've made notes, guys, because uh, I really want to get all this out. Um, I think it's important. Okay, so uh, dopamine. Dopamine is released with the love bomb stage with the narcissist. Um, dopamine uh, hormone is usually associated with an anticipation of happiness, being happy and an, an anticipation of further happiness. I believe the narcissist really invokes this with the future faking that they do in the love bomb stage and just after. Um, the other hormones are oxytocin. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone. And a lot of women actually um, are full of oxytocin after giving birth, which bonds them to their baby. Uh, oxytocin is released, particularly during sex, to bond us to our sexual partners. And I am sure, I guess, no doubt down in the comments that, that you will say that the sex was great with the narcissist and very intense and they were very engaged on in your pleasure, which may have been even an unusual experience. You may not have experienced somebody being so concerned with your sexual pleasure before. The narcissist really concentrates on that. So you have dopamine with the future faking and you have oxytocin with the sexual encounters you will have with the narcissist, which are very intense and very pleasurable in the love bombing stage and thereafter to keep you embedded. 
Um, the serotonin is released, which is a real mood enhancing feel good factor. And I believe that serotonin is mostly released with the adventurous, adventurous nature of the narcissist creating a great amount of excitement in you and arranging things, planning things. So you're always on the go and there's always something new happening. And it's a very exciting, wonderful time. And you're getting to share the time with the narcissist. So the association is again built towards the narcissist with the serotonin. Then all the, all of the feel-good hormones together um, come with a fourth one called the your endorphins. Endorphins are often released, um, say, during exercise, during a very hard run, maybe. And the endorphin release that you get during the run will maybe help you get to the end of the run and subsequently you'll feel great after the run. It's endorphins help you to strive forward, to push hard, to to get to the end result, to get that happy feel good factor, to know that you're going to benefit from this experience. So the endorphin release often keeps us trying very hard in the devaluation stage to get that hit back again, to keep trying with the narcissist and to keep us associated with them. So there are the feel good hormones that are released from the love bombing stage. Now, that's that's their kind of function. But how does the narcissist really capitalize on that when they're getting us into the love bomb stage? Well, first of all, they usually will mimic us and they will usually do a very good rendition of being an empath to a certain degree. They'll mimic cold empathy. They'll, sorry, they'll mimic, mimic, (laughs) I can't get that word. They will mimic an empath and they will display cognitive empathy, cold empathy, which looks really like empathy, particularly in a love bomb stage, particularly when they're building an attraction with you. An attraction again, an an attraction to something or someone can also build an addiction if the attraction is extremely intense. And with a narcissist, because of the intensity, because they won't leave you alone in the love bomb stage, because they seem to always want to be with you, because they seem to always occupy your time. The intensity and the build up of these feel good factors is much, much quicker and much more unhealthy than in a normal graduated build up in a normal relationship where there's no spikes. This is a big spike of all the feel good hormones in your brain and association with the cause of those feel-good hormones being the narcissist and spending time with the narcissist. The other thing then they'll do is, besides mimicking, you know, an empath and validating you and really admiring you for how far you've gotten your life and the type of person you are and showing you a huge amount of respect and being really respectful to you in front of others and treating you like you're a queen or a king in front of others. And that type of a validation in a in a communal setting can really can really set your ego functions whoo out the door. You're kind of You've been treated like royalty and it's 
it's a red flag, but it's a very hard to resist type of feeling because you associate it with with really this person loving you and thinking that you're amazing. And even though you kind of go, well, why do they think I'm this amazing? I mean, you kind of can't help yourself. It's very, very addictive and very attractive. Um, the other thing is that they 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 give you a double whammy in this love bombing phase because they you know they do their victim stuff. So as an empathic person or an empath or a super empath, you get the chance to help someone. You get the chance to help the love of your life and help them improve their life and and give. And for an empath to give is a pleasure. It's what we're made for. It's it, it validates us. It validates our experience as part of the human race um, because we want everybody to to be OK. We want the human race to be OK. And when we're helping someone else in this way, it makes us feel very part of something important and it makes us truly feel ourselves and feel at the height of the height of connection. We really connect to the person that we're helping. Again, this is the narcissist guys. So they have us on all levels. They have us in the ego functions and they have us in our empathic functions. We're shooting on all cylinders, basically, in an intense way. And we associate this with the narcissist. So it's an abnormal feeling of intense pleasure, intense happiness and intense hope for the future. We are then devalued and the way I can describe, best way I can describe the devaluation stage is supposing you're a plant and the narcissist is caring for you. Now, normally, you know, a plant can be outside and it can sustain itself to a certain degree that it's getting the rain and the sun and the nutrients that it needs from the soil. Well, it's like the narcissist takes you in out of your natural environment and puts you in a in a in a room with very little light. It's, it's not a bad analogy, actually, a room with a very little light and very little connection. You know, you're they isolate us and they pull everything back from us in the devaluation stage and give us no nourishment, no, nothing that's going to help sustain us or grow us. And then they come along and they open the curtain up so the light comes in and they pour water on us. And we, we, we then, instead of drooping, we blossom up again. And this is like when they take the good hormones away for a certain period of time and we're left very fragile and very in need of care and the the good hormones again basically to actually survive because we're not getting them from our natural environment we're not able to manufacture them for ourselves because we've been become totally addicted and reliant on the narcissist to provide those functions for us it's subtle it's a subtle drop a subtle build up and a certain and a very not a subtle drop but it's a subtle drop in the beginning of the devaluation stage then when they do a mini discard it can be like the feel good hormones have you up here and then discard mini discard or silent treatment can drop you right back down and you're craving you know you're in a deep state of 
quick and sunken depression. You're craving those feel good hormones. And it seems like a, a matter of life or death that you see the narcissist again and, and get those feelings back. It's a terrible, terrible addiction cycle. It's like the narcissist shoots you up with narcotics in the beginning and then gradually lowers your dose and then takes it away and you go cold turkey and you crave, you, you crave that again. You crave it again. Everything is, all your hormones are totally mixed up and you're flatlining. All your brain pattern says to you that all your brain has been rewired to say that the, that pleasure comes from the narcissist. It's like an addict saying pleasure comes from their drink and they need that drink to get pleasure. And your brain is telling you the pleasure is good and not having pleasure and feeling connected and being happy means that you're not going to survive. So your brain keeps telling you that you need that source, you need that drug. And in the case of narcissistic abuse, the narcissist is the drug. Now, I'll do another video on how the narcissist is addicted to you. But for the purpose of this video on the traumatic bond, you're addicted to the narcissist because of the feel good hormones that they have released in you. And all the other things they do to isolate you and to make you dependent on them to get all the good, feel good hormones. So, guys, understanding that the narcissist is the cause of a chemical imbalance in our brain. And seeing when the discard comes. That we flatline and that we have none of these feel good chemicals in our brain because the source of the supply of them has discarded us or has gone away. This may not affect people who have actually discarded the narcissist after a period of time where they did re-regulate themselves to a certain extent when they realised what was going on and they started a healing process within the relationship. They may not feel the traumatic bond as much as someone who has had to go cold turkey with a discard that they totally didn't expect when everything was perfectly fine with the narcissist one day and you were making plans to get married and you were doing this and you were doing that to the next day, a total devaluation and a total discard where your hormones were flatlined out. Very, very difficult. And when they're when you're flatlined on the discard and you have no feel good hormones, you've no hope left. All those I'll just check which one was the hope one. The endorphins usually create the feeling of hope and the feel good factor of serotonin. So every all those kind of hormones are gone. And that's when a lot of people actually can consider or are suicidal. So it's to get us by that really bad stage. Uh, the next video will concentrate on how we actually go about healing ourselves from the chemical dependence on the narcissist, which is the traumatic bond. One last thing, guys, that I'll say, which I found very, very interesting when I was researching this was gaming companies come up with computer games that will stimulate these four feel good 
hormones of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin and the endorphins that surround that. A billion, multi-billion dollar industry has looked into creating an environment, a game that you will become addicted to that creates these hormones that the narcissist, the devil's, the devil's tool has used these addictive feel-good hormones on you to get you addicted. So the science is there behind the traumatic bond. So anyone that's in, that likes to take the approach, the, the all holistic approach, that you can, you can look at your healing from a huge different a different variety of elements. This particular element is a very scientific element. It's a chemical element that you can combat. And I want us to look at that in the next video for the best ways that we can help ourselves in this particular element of our healing. I like in the videos to take kind of sections of our healing, sections of narcissistic abuse that we can understand so we can hit it from a lot of different levels and it doesn't become so overwhelming when we can break it down. Guys, that's all I've got to say on that today. For anyone in the first throes of the discard and going through that pain, if you can understand that there's a huge amount of chemical stuff going on in you right now, besides all the psychological um, and emotional imbalance that you'll be feeling, there are things you can do and I would ask you to subscribe to this channel if you're if you found this video helpful and to look at the next video in part two to help yourself overcome the chemical addiction to the narcissist. Thank you very much guys for listening. I appreciate you all sincerely and have a great day. Thanks guys. Bye.